Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. Just call me Is Zion gonna want out soon? Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Cortehe, Cortehe.com. I am your host, Josh Unix, and today we are back with another podcast episode. Um, Let me just start by saying... When you have the flu, it is the world's worst thing. Like, legit, it kicked my family and I's butt uh, just everywhere. I We've been dealing with sickness since Christmas. Uh, yeah, probably like December 26, somewhere around there. So it's been a month just full of obstacles featuring sickness. So it is great to be back in the studio Great to be back, able to do this podcast episode because, um, as everybody knows, it has been a very, very, very long time. I'm actually trying to pull up right now how long it actually has been. I don't think. Oh my! So January first, that is crushing. Anyways, we're we're back. We had, um, what was yeah about. 23? Eh, that's 23 days. That, that's tough, guys. But we're back. I'm excited as there's been so much to talk about. So much we've been writing about on the site, And if anybody's dealing with sickness of any kind, um, it, it stinks to be right now. Like, my throat is in so much pain. No one could believe it. And when I record, I go out. Like, you guys know how passionate I am. So, I couldn't really scream. And if you wanted to hear me talk, it was like, oh boy, this may be insensitive, but um, I sounded like I was dying. Like, I was a dying dog being ran over. Um, so, sorry to all the dog lords out there. And for people that hate dogs, you're sick. Anyways, um, um, the NBA has been very, very interesting. I, I, I wish, I, I wish I could just summarize it up, but the more and more we keep going into the season, because for some teams, they've already gone for 47 games. For some teams, it was 48. Right, but many of us are through the, through halfway through the season. But the Suns are the best team in the league. And then it's the Warriors. And then you got the Heat. And then you got the Grizzlies. And I get the NBA came out of their power rankings, which I agree. I agree. The I agree the Suns are the best team right now. The Grizzlies that week, this when the power power rankings came out. They're better than Warriors. Not better than the Warriors overall, but I get where they're coming from. And then some of the games I was looking at, like Celt- like the Celtics game yesterday night, 
Clippers game last night. Um, the Lakers. Hey, the Lakers show finally won a game. For if any fan, if you guys are fans of the Lakers, pick a new team. Um, I'm actually surprised the Westbrook and Glassman Davis actually showed up because I don't know if you guys know about me or anything, but. I'm the kind. I'm kind of like down on the Lakers. I could be called what is a Laker hater. I'm not too fond of the Lake Show. I hope they fail miserably. I don't believe. I only believe a handful of guys are talented. I don't. I don't believe Russell Westbrook is talented. I believe LeBron James is talented. That goes without question. Um, Anthony Davis. He just gets hurt too much, but he's a great player nonetheless. Right, it's the Lakers. Like we can all get over ourselves. It's the it's the Lakers, um. Because the topic of the day I'm going to be talking about is an overview of the NBA, an overview of teams that have gone better, have gone worse, or just stayed plain Jane mediocre. And um, if you're a Houston fan or a Detroit fan, a Magic fan, your teams didn't even stay mediocre. Like it. There, there should be a term that goes that that there should be a term that goes beyond worse. Like if I could say there was a worse team, the the Magic are pathetic. When you have a when you have a point eight one one, I'm sorry, a point one eight percentage, that's bad. When you have a one eighty eight as your percentage, that is bad. You stink in your conference. You stink at home. You do a little bit better away. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're the worst team by far. I'll take that back. You're one of the worst teams by far in your last 10. I, I, I'll get to that in a bit. But we have so much to cover from from signs to trades to rumors of all sorts. As Before we kick into that, let's start with... Um, Social media, where to find us? We got a really cool announcement in the store. Um, real quick, guys, you guys already know this. For people that's bought from us, you're smart. You love to save money. Trust me, I'm the same way. I love saving money. Like, for example, I am so cheap. I went to a store. I bought a few things. I bought a few DVDs. Hey, very nice DVDs about Michael Jordan and Knicks. Uh. Batman, all the all this stuff. I get I get to the cashier. As they're ringing on my stuff, uh, the cashier says to me, "Would you like to buy a bag for twenty five cents?" I get it, guys. It's only twenty five cents, but to me, that's still a lot of money. I'm thinking through my mind, why in the absolute world? Should I pay twenty five cents for a bag? But I got about four or five items, and I didn't feel like holding them, so I chose to get the twenty five cent bag. But I was thinking to myself, I have to pay to get some stupid bag that's just gonna tear on me. It ain't no durable bag. I want, I want that thing presented nicely. Like I, I want no creases in there. I want, I want no stains. I want no wrinkles. I need that thing. To be iron. I need that thing just to be per picture perfect. But more uh, point of story was, I still have that bag. 
in my in in um in the garage, I have the bag. That bag is to stay there because I am so cheap to pay for that bag. I'm, I'm just so cheap in general that because I had to pay for that twenty five cent bag, I still have it. Normal people would just throw it out. No, because I had to pay for some stupid bag, I'm keeping it. And maybe one day, I'll use that as shipping material. But until then, it's staying out in the garage. Because, I, who pays for a bag? Like, it's like going to a grocery store, and you see cashiers sitting, you get no bag, you have to pay for a cart by putting one of those stupid quarters to lock, to lock the cart. And you got a bag of yourself? Like we live in the bizarre world. I'm standing. A cashier is sitting. They're typing stuff into their supercomputer. And I don't get a bag? At least Fry's gives me a bag. Like, at least Kroger's is good enough to give me a bag. But no. This one store, and I forgot the name. I, it started with an A, right? It, it was a grand opening or whatever it was. I stopped in the Goodwill. Then... I had to go. To, I had to go to Aldi's. Oh yeah, it was Aldi's. Um, so that infuriated me too. But point of the story, and now a very long story. I am very cheap. That is without question. So you guys go to courtsaheat.com/store because we're selling cheap products. So if you're like me, and you hate paying for bags or twenty five cents. Or just really cheap with your money, and you won't even pay. You won't even, but you want to use your gift card you got for Christmas. Just head over to courtsheat.com/store. We got coupons of all so of all kinds. That's coming out on social media or Google My Business page just by searching Courts I Heat. Um, we got really cool stuff. We have a PSA nine Jason Tam card who's just been going off for ridiculous games. Uh, we've had we've had so many autographs coming in. Beckett uh, Beckett certified it. So many PSA cards. So many memorabilia like jerseys. Um, starting lineups like Shaq, the nineteen ninety seven version of Shaq. We have signed Magic Johnson photos. We have T shirts. We have uh oh man, we have Larry Bird stuff. We have books on there. We have signed. We have signed autograph anything you want. It is really cool. Go on there. We have rookie cards. We have say Cunningham cards, Jalen Green, Jalen Sugg cards, Evan Mobley. Now let me say his brother Isaiah Mobley, a pretty good player. I watched um USC game on Monday. Yeah, USC. Yeah, against Arizona State. And if Arizona State can gain worse, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Anyways. That's the story. You know where to find us. But guys, guess what? When we're when it comes to social media, that's free. And I'm not so cheap. Yes, you you heard it right here, guys. When it comes to social media, it is free. So, where you guys can find us at on social media because Literally everybody uses social media, billions of people, and I'm not exaggerating that. 
I saw it was just like 1 billion people just use Facebook alone. That's crazy if you think about it. That's pretty cool. But getting back to it, we're now on TikTok. So if you know a friend or yourself or I guess your parents or siblings, heck, even your dog because I guess there's like animal accounts on there, um, has TikTok, go ahead, give us a follow at Courtside Heat. We just joined a few days ago. My strategy is if you post on there, just post and try to make your way out. I'm still trying to learn Snapchat. I have no idea what's going over there. Um, I don't know how to do a stupid snap. I don't know. But I'm starting to figure out TikTok. But yeah, guys, go follow us on there. At Quartz A Heat. Um, Twitter.com slash Quartz A Heat. Instagram.com slash Courtside Heat NBA. Again, that's Courtside Heat NBA for Instagram. Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. And of course, Tumblr. For everyone that continues to follow us and support us on Tumblr, that's at Courtside Heat. I see many people reblogging my posts. It's pretty cool. I have some funny stuff on there, so go check out when you guys get a chance. You will not regret it. As we are just been coming out with more stuff, more videos, a lot of videos. And also, if you guys like shorts, um, YouTube version of Reels and TikToks, Go go over to the YouTube.com, put in our name, and boom, bada, bang. You can see all the shorts, reels, whatever you call them, um, on Quartzite Heat's page, as it is really, really cool. We just did something about Paul George, where we remixed it, add our own, uh, add our own remix to it. Uh, then we just kept talking about Drew Holiday scoring 13,000 points. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Really, really cool. So now, guys, for the moment we've all been waiting for. Unless you're a Wizard fan or a Kings fan, it's time to get to Game of the Day, the recap edition. Clippers, Wizards, Celtics, Kings. I would only choose one game, but the games are so good, you just have to talk about them. Up first, guys. Um, where do I begin? Like, no joke, guys. Where do I begin? Let's start with Celtics Kings. Boston was playing at home as um Jason Tatum was just coming off a fifty-one uh, point game, and he he did very well. Same with Jalen Brown. Before I tell you how much the Celtics won by, let me give you the stat line. For the Celtics, if I gave you the Kings, you would start vomiting everywhere and start breaking down, having a mental breakdown. So I'm, I'm going to save you guys from the pain. But for my Boston fans, Jason Tatum fans, whoever fan you are, here we go. Here's the stat line. Jason Tatum, in 31 minutes, had 36 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. Jalen Brown followed it up in 24 minutes with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and free assists, hitting that double-double. Josh Richardson then followed that with uh, 14 points and 8 rebounds in 22 minutes. Robert Williams, their center, uh, had 17 rebounds in 27 minutes with 13 points going for that double-double. So two players going for that double-double. Josh Richardson was just short of two rebounds. 
They hit that double double, but that that to me is just insane. Everyone, everyone scored besides two players, which would have been Ennis Freedom and Marcus Smart. Uh, we're gonna touch on Marcus Smart in a bit, but not a good performance by him. Only three rebounds and seven assists in twenty-four minutes. But then Ennis Freedom in twelve minutes, only four rebounds. As everyone else did a really good job, but the thing that um, blew me away the most is that the Sorry Kings, in the first quarter, was already blown out thirty-eight to thirteen. How depressing that is! How 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 much of a failure got to be to be blown out thirty-eight to thirteen in the first quarter? They didn't even get to win a quarter. Their closest quarter was at eight points, and that was in the second quarter. Now, obviously, their uh, the Celtics' most dominant quarter was the first quarter, then followed at the end by the fourth quarter by being up uh, by eleven. The final score was one twenty-eight to seventy-five, and if my math is not um, if my math is not mistaken, that should be a fifty-three game win. I'm um, checking that. Perfect. My math was correct. I love that. For a guy that can't do math, that's a beautiful thing. But 53 points to give the Celtics a 25-24 record and the Kings dropping down to 18-31. and 31. Guys, I can't tell you how special that is. Jace Tam and Jalen Brown's been getting it done. Like I just mentioned not too long ago, Jace Tam just came off a 51-point masterpiece. In his previous game, which was huge, that was also a win. So it was really huge to see those two players balling out, and the team was just right there, just making it happen. Um, real quick, I'm gonna go over to stats, real quick. Um, yeah, as a team, team stats go. You shot forty nine and a half percent from the field. They took a hundred free shots and made. Fit almost 50% from the field. That's awesome. Took 45 frees and converted 44.4% of them. Uh, only seven re uh, only seven free throws, but he still converted 85% of them. They had 67 total rebounds. Um, 17 of those came offensively. 50 of them came defensively. That tells you a lot from the shooting performance of the of the Kings, who were 29-95. From the field, that'll be thirty and a half percent from the field. Um, they were six of thirty-three from three point uh, range. That's depressing, right? That's eighteen point two percent. Um, they they had more paint points. Points in the paint goes to the Celtics by twenty-two. However, the Celtics did have one more turnover than the Kings, and that's at eleven. Steals at six. Blocks at six, so the Kings were able to win some categories. But here's the truth: if you cannot, if you cannot have a strong field goal percentage or free point percentage, then the rest of stuff is the is worthless because you can't even get an offensive rebound, a second chance uh, rebound, which is pretty depressing if you're a team. But I just want to say this, and Luke Walton must be laughing. Um, 
<laughs> laughing his brains out as he got fired because why? He's probably laughing so hard because the gangs who fired him saw it by having Alvin Gentry was going to change anything. You're 18 to 31. Try again next year. But I guess they're just tanking at this point as they're ready just to trade their entire roster. And if I'm De'Aaron Fox, I get out of there because you do not want to be in this danger field with this reckless uh, franchise anymore. And that's just straight facts. As on me trying to be disrespectful to this uh, Sacramento franchise, but the Luke Walton move was stupid. You guys had a great start, then you fire Luke Walton, and now you're here with whoever the Kings have now as their coach. Now let me just make sure, let me fact check myself. So I do want to make sure that I did get Alvin Gentry correct. I don't want to be. That person. Okay, hold on. Okay, he is the interim head coach for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. No one cares about him. They care for him as much as they do for the Pelicans. And ironically, that was his last team. But in the second game, the second game of our recap edition was Clippers-Wizards. Wizards. Man, I, I, I tell you, I tell you guys, the Clippers are hanging there due to the injuries, but the Wizards, they have fallen off. They've just fallen off. How, um, how, how bad? Well, the Clippers came back. The Clippers... Came back down from 35 points to beat the Wizards. 35 points. You can obviously tell that came in the second half. Uh, the third and fourth quarter combined for 80 points. Just by the Clippers alone. Think about it. The Clippers have 40 points in each quarter. In the third and fourth quarter... While the Wizards only had 27 in the third, 22 in the fourth. That's bad. And that's a home game you should be able to win. Amar, Amir Coffee, A-M-I-R. I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong. But Amir Coffee, Amar Coffee. I'm just going to call him Coffee. Uh, that's his last name. Um, he had 29 points. Luke Kennard, 25 points. Isaiah Hartenstein, 16. Oops, excuse me, sorry. 16. Terrence Mann, 16. Like, these guys balled out. Like, they put everything in. And Coffee put in 37 minutes. That's respect. Eric Bledsoe put in 15. Uh, 7 points. Serge Bogg only put 4 minutes. Got nothing to show for in the stat line. That was just a gritty, gutty game. I wish I could have seen that game. Because well, a game like that, the first quarter was close. 32-23. Then the Wizards blow them out in the second. 34-13. Using that's it because the Wizards had 66 points to the Clippers of 36. But then that all got flipped. The Clippers 
doubled their they doubled their points. They they had thirty six. They doubled it and then some, then some. You tacked on the extra eight points. Do you know how insane that is? And you're doing that without Kawhi Leonard, who's still rehabbing that torn ACL. Um, and Paul George, who's still rehabbing from that elbow injury. That is real mad respect for that team without fail because you're doing that with guys that we never really heard of before, like Coffey. No disrespect to him. But before, we didn't really hear about him too much. Same with Hartenstein. Same with Brian Boston Jr. Jay Scrub. Right? So there were guys in the mix. Reggie Jackson did not have a good game. But it was pulled through by Coffee Man, Hartenstein, Kennard, and all those different guys. Which helps. But everyone plays their own rule. Um, my apologies if you can hear the clicking on the mouse. I just want you to check out their stats. Um... They shot well from the field. Both teams shot well. Washington, 46%. Um, Clippers, 41%. The three-point battle went to the Clippers of almost 38%. And then 33.3% for Washington. Free throw. Like, <laughs> oh my. Like, and also, when you talk about the free throws, the Wizards scored 32 of their points off of free throws. They had 40 attempted free throws, while the Clippers only had 31 attempted free throws. Imagine if they were able to cash in all of their free throws. That game would have been over. But you saw 29 personal fouls on the Clippers, and 20, I'm sorry, 29 on the Clippers, and 24 personal fouls on the Wizards. The Wizards 18 turnovers while the Clippers only 11. Points in the paint was very close. And that could that was the deciding factor. Six more was edged out by the Clippers. Total off uh, total rebounds went to the Wizards though. But again, it all comes down to hitting those shots. And the Clippers were just able to seal the deal. Which is really incredible if you think about it. Like down to the final seconds. That is pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty crazy, guys. And with all of that being said, let's, let's wrap it up. And let's get into our next segment called Recapping the News of the Week. Uh, no. I'm sorry. News of the Day. Forgot. And you know, if, you would, if I would like to change my notes from the weekend, I, I could do that. But I'm just too lazy. But no, guys, we're going to be doing recap news of the day as today is on Wednesday. Yay. Well, guys, do you ever, real quick, real quick, take a time out, pause. Um, do you ever get that feeling like when's a Wednesday and it's like a hump day and it's like, well, we got past Monday and Tuesday, but now we got to get past Thursday and Friday and it just takes so long. And you're just like, why? Why do this to me? That's how I feel about every single Wednesday. Legit, guys. I know it's just a Wednesday. But still, it's a Wednesday. You just have those feelings. Fridays are the worst. If I don't got a basketball game to watch on Friday, I'm going to die. Right? That's just how it is. 
That's why it pains me to see the Phoenix Suns not playing tonight. I wait to see them. I guess yesterday I wanted to see them. Today I'm going to be able to see them, but it's just like, why? I wish they could just play back to back. But now that's not going to be your schedule for a while. But a great rematch coming up. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. But yeah, again, to recap the news of the day. Let's start off by, well, we're just talking about the Phoenix Suns. So let's carry with that trend. Let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, the former player himself. Now the active, um, the active GM for the Phoenix Suns, who played two years with the Suns. James Jones, who signed a multi-year extension with your Phoenix Suns. My, oh my. Am I excited with that? I'm just excited. I don't care about the money or the years. I'm just happy to have a bag. You, you know when it's a multi-year extension, you know it's going to be like two, three, four, I don't know how many years it is, but that's how I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if it was three to four years. I wouldn't be surprised if it was two. If they were smart, they would try to lock them up for five more years because James Jones has made a difference. Chris Paul, Money Wines, and James Jones, they all made a fantastic Fantastic impact. In fact, no, I can't talk. Fantastic change in the culture of that locker room. Just the atmosphere. Who surrounded player of with coaches, the players, coaching staff, all that stuff, staff of any kind. It's really incredible when you think about it. James Jones has done a miraculous job, and that should be said for the entire front office. For the entire coaching staff and for all the players. Because they all have a role to fill and they're filling it uh, uh, just out of their mind. It's like superb. It's like it's just it's like it's excellence on display. It's why they're the best team in the NBA. And it's why they're the favorite champions right now, in my opinion. And they should be everywhere. It's no shock why people don't care for the Warriors. Like they care for the Warriors, but they got the Suns. I'm just saying, you can have Christmas Day, but if we ever meet in the postseason down the road, whoop, we're just gonna the Suns are just gonna whoop their butts. That's easy said. So that was a huge signing. Like I love that. I love that. James Jones makes smart decisions. Like Bismack Biombo, he signed them, got another big, and I posted on Twitter yesterday stating something like, "You don't need." To pay high amounts of cash. You don't need you don't need to pay a high amount of money. You don't need to get big ticket names, big market names, big names in general. And to have a successful team. But players like Bismack Biombo carries his purpose and he does it very well for the Phoenix Suns. Same with everyone on that team. They create their own name. They create their own destiny with the Suns. They create their own path, their own journey. It's huge. We don't need big ticket names coming off a of free agency or during the trade dead on, before the trade deadline. Right? We're able to work with guys and we're able to take guys that teams won't give a chance. We'll give them a chance and we'll turn them into their best players because they'll let them reach their full potential. It's huge. Because in Bismarck Biombo's last four games, if I remember correctly, he was averaging a double-double, and in those last four games, he was having superb numbers. Fact. And Bismarck Biombo's averages last four games is 15.8 points, 11 rebounds, and 74.3% from the field. 
Tell me that's not that's not spectacular. Tell me that. Tell me how it's not. I love that. That's truly amazing. It was a great signing, and I could continue going on and on about the Phoenix Suns and James Jones. But whenever when there's a high, there's always a low, and it always has happened to my Phoenix Suns because the NBA world hates me. I swear that's how it is. I, I truly believe that. But guys, um, Karen Payne. You may like him, you may not like him, you may not like his playing style, you may like his playing style. I mix with Karen Payne. I like him. He's a very good basketball player. I love his backstory. I love the grind. I'm happy he got that contract sent and I'm happy he's getting his opportunity because for all the teams he's been been on, I'm happy he's here. He deserves this. It just stinks he's going to be out for the next two weeks with a sprained wrist. We saw in that crazy game. I forgot the game. It wasn't a jazz game. It was the game before. Uh, man, I'm blanking on the game. It, it was probably the Nuggets game. It was probably the Nuggets. But um, where Jay Crowder had a wrist injury. I don't know his timetable again unless I missed it. And Carapan had had an injury. The no DA. Still nursing that ankle injury. But now that hurts. You're not going to have your backup point guard. So now you got to fill that. They were able to get the job done narrowly. Against the being up Jazz team. We have that rematch today. And again I'm going to get to that in a bit. But you just have to have that circle in the back of your mind. Like what can the Suns do in the second unit? What would be their point guard? Will Chris Paul have to play more minutes depending on the circumstance of that game, of this upcoming game? That is going to be the most challenging part. It's going to be like, who are you going to put in? You got many talented guards. Of course, you got Devin Booker. You got his backup. Cam Johnson's been having a great impact. He 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 paved the way along with Devin Booker, Chris Paul combining for 60 points. So you got talent. That's what the Suns do. They always talent. And we have such a de uh, deep depth that it's perfect. All right, we have a deep depth chart. It's perfect. Our roster is perfect. I love it. It just hurts with camera pain. But you know what, guys? Two weeks seems like nothing to compare to these next two players. Because first up, you got Derrick Rose Jr. Wait, wait. Wait a minute. Derrick. Hold on. Um. Okay, we well, um, Derek. Okay, so as we can all tell right now, I have became a complete idiot, and I somehow put in Derek Rose. Junior. Oh, it's Derek Jones Junior. Wow, do I don't I feel like a special kind of um idiot? ID ten team moment right there, my friends. ID ten team moment. Wow, Derek. It's about to say Derek Rose's Derek Rose Junior. I just that's his son. That's Derek Rose's son. And his son's only nine years old. And I don't think he's on the enough to be eligible for the NBA. So I'm like, 
So I'm sorry if I went radio sound, you guys, but that is my big brain becoming big brain stupid, right? It's like cavemen seeing fire. They don't know how to react to it. Um, so uh, Derek Rowe, uh, oh my, Derek Jones, Derek Jones Jr. is going to be out the six to eight weeks due to a fractured finger he suffered in a workout. Wow. Talk about risky workouts. Woo, that's that's tough. That's tough. So the Bulls, again, will be without him. That is tough. Because he's been sidelined since the stand of Bone Bruce against the Brooklyn Nets on January 12th, which was for, which was 14 days ago. So two weeks. It's not good. That he fractured his right index finger. On um on Tuesday, which was yesterday, while working out at the Advocate Center. Tough. That that's tough. You hate to see it. Hey, um, Cameron Payne's injury is like nothing compared to that. Now this one hurts. Cody Zeller, who plays for the, is it for the Heat or for the Raptors? I I I care less for Cody Zeller. For the Blazers, wow, I was I was wrong either way. I just knew they were different colors. Okay, um, so Cody Zeller is gonna be out eight to ten weeks due to a knee surgery. He's been having knee problems. They've they've had to do surgery, and now one of the Blazers' big men is gonna be out eight to ten weeks, as that is gonna cost them. Considerable time, especially in the amount of games, obviously, because eight to ten weeks is going to take a lot. And who knows if he's going to be even ready by then. So maybe see him by ten? I don't know. Wow. I just like to say, I've gotten all flustered, I got all confused, and I've just been all out of sorts since putting in Derrick Rose Jr. instead of Derrick Jones Jr. But doesn't Rose and Jones sound somewhat similar? Why did it have to be Junior? That's, that's what threw me off. Like, Derek. Derek Jones Jr. Derek Rose Jr. Like, do you see where that can all get messed up? Or maybe it's me having an idiot moment. I don't know. All I know is that that happened. Now, something else that I do know is Victor Oladipo, who, again, is dealing with injuries, like Cody Zeller's knee, Derek, uh, Victor Oladipo's knee, and all of his injuries could be healing up as his rehab could be over soon as he could be making a return for the Heat come this February as he's been moving around and every and he's just been hit and everything's just been doing good. His body's feeling good. Uh he said that everything's doing very well. That's the report. And that is very, very it's very, very good to hear. Why? Because the Heat, they need someone while Jimmy Butler's still trying to get back to 100%. They're trying to make sure that this Heat team can get back to somewhat full strength and still win games. I know Eric Spolster has been doing good. I'll give credit to Tower Hero and all those other guys. Zach, um, another player that came back was Zach Levine, so that helps the Chicago Bulls. So you got guys come back. I feel bad for the Bulls. I feel bad for the Heat in some ways because I feel bad for every time I scale of injuries because it's really tough. But if you make adjustments, it can work, right? 
So you got that. Now, while some can be making their return for their already um, team that they've been with, some could be joining a new team, or some may just be hating their team, new team, or potential new team. That will be Jeremy Grant, Detroit's Pistons player, who's been having a great year. Solid year, I like it. So, the Lakers have been suing him hard. They wanted, they gave up two players. I think it was like THT and Ken Bazemore, and a first rounder. That's an insult. Ken Bazemore and THT, they're bust. And compared to Jeremy Grant, they're bust. No disrespect to those two players. They give their all. But there's no Jeremy Grant. It won't be on the Lakers. I guess you could say the same about Alex Crusoe, um, Josh Hart, Alonzo Ball, and those different guys. They got great rules now. I think it's just the Lake Show and there's mismanagement. That's what I think. Yeah, but Jeremy Grant has no interest in playing for the Lake Show. As, again, they were willing to give up considerable pieces. And considerable assets overall to get just one player. That's what, because the main piece was going to be Jeremy Grant, but the Pistons are not looking for that. Because at that point, you would just keep Jeremy Grant. Because why would you just take on two new projects? It's going to be worth nothing in the future. At least you have a future in this guy. Now, two teams that are emerging as strong suitors, the right fit for Jeremy Grant is the Kings and the Hawks. Now, this will be a huge move to pull off for the Hawks because the Hawks are also trying to shop John Collins. Because, as everybody may know, if you want to keep a star player like Trey Young on your team, or any star player, you need to give star pieces around. And while they have good pieces, they need another great piece. And the ideology behind this is that if you get Jeremy Grant, Hopefully that's not a great piece to go along with Trey Young to give him help so they're not just relying off of um, Hunter, Bogdanovich, Collins, all those different guys. It gives them a boost. A boosted performance and an overall boost of talent. That's the best way to put it. Because the Hawks are talented, but everybody's saying, well, if we get Jer uh, Jeremy, Jer Jeremy Grant, Boom, bada, bang, we could take that boosted performance, that boosted talent, that boosted talented team to a new level, and hopefully deeper into the playoffs, or at least just getting them back on track. Because, my goodness, the Hawks are 21-25. Name and Miller's right, teams right now is 12. They're uh, a game behind Knicks. That's sad. Like... If you think about it, the Pacers are only five games behind the Hawks, which is sad. That's really sad if you think about it. But yeah, that's going to be interesting. Kings, they need it. They're going to be in a complete rebuild. That's without, that's without question. Hawks, they're playing for something bigger. They're playing for a championship. They're playing for um, their uh, conference championship. They're playing for the Eastern Conference Championship. They're trying to make it back to the first round, the second round, third round, and then, of course, the fourth round, which would be the NBA Finals. They're trying. They had a chance last season against the Bucks last postseason. Just 
You have the Bucks. You have Giannis. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo. You, oh boy, I bought your last name there. I? All I know is that you have a lot of talent on there, on the Bucks side, that did not fare well for the Hawks. And that was how injuries on both sides. I'm just saying. You have Trey Young, Jeremy Grant, Clint Capella. Assuming that Clint Capella stays. Um, I don't know if they're going to put him in a trade package. I want to see why not. But that would be very, very interesting. To me, it, it, to me it would be. I just imagine that. Just imagine that. Those three guys. All on the court. Size and talent and all. That would be something very, very interesting to say the least. I would, I would, I would call that a good team, a core free right there. I would, I would consider, I would considerably think about that, stew on it. And finally, guys, for our trade rumors of the day, ooh, Marcus Smart, after eight seasons in Boston, his time with the Celtics could be running out. As Many people voice that they don't want him to leave. But after a lot of consideration and taking a step back, the Celtics are in active trade talks. And it's surrounding Marcus Morris. I'm sorry, Marcus Smart. That hurts. I like Marcus Smart. I thought he was a good player. Sure doesn't put the best style line, but it does his purpose. I always thought so. It hurts. This is this the former Oklahoma State player, the former six overall pick. He's 27. I don't know who would be interested in him. Maybe the Mavericks. That's who's looking to have the most interest in him. He's a guard. He's going to work out. He's averaging 11 points this season, five assists and four rebounds in 33 minutes. With the way the Mavericks are going, they need all the help. Again, just like the Hawks. They need to convince Duke Doncic that it goes beyond money. That they're ready to help Luke out, give him assists, give him assets, give him players to say, look, you don't have to do a workload all by yourself. You you have consistent pieces. You, you can have consistent rest. So that's going to be very interesting. Oh, I just can't believe that. I don't know why I'm so torn about that. Just... I don't know. But you give eight seasons to a franchise, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to do the boot. And I get it's a business. I get it. I get it. Trust me. You guys don't have to roll your eyes and tell me what it is. It just hurts. I don't know why. For once, I agree with people on Twitter. Don't don't put that on the record. Um, just It kind of stinks because... Marcus Smart, he's been there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He was already, he was always there. I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm, oh, man. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting what they do, to say the least. It just is. And I believe that. It just depends what the team you get from and how they view them, how our people view them. Because the way we view them, a franchise views them, and an opposing franchise views them, is going to be all different. 
And finally, guys, this takes us to our last uh, piece of breaking news of the day for our segment, recapping the news of the day, and that is James Harden. Ooh. James Harden is frustrated with Kyrie's part-time status in living in Brooklyn. And he has confirmed that he will be testing out free agency this offseason, off even if it leads him back to the Nets. So I'm just going to say now, I don't want to assume James Harden here. I don't like making assumptions. We all know what assuming does to people. Um, But Harden here seems to have a problem with Kyrie. I believe that he wants him to get vaccinated. I believe many people want him to get vaccinated. But I think there's still a teammate courage, maybe a friendship courage. Maybe if they have a friendship, I have no idea. I've never met these people in my life. But maybe they're just trying to agree with Irving. Like they, they respect his viewpoint, they don't agree with it, but they're going to tolerate it. Like Kevin, Kevin Durant. Because people are like, where are you? Because people ask Kevin Durant, and this isn't quote for quote, of course. But if he if he was gonna keep talking, trying to talk Kyrie and get vaccinated, and how he feels about it, and, Ky- and Kevin Durant's just gonna respect his opinion. You respect what Irving says because it's not like Irving spewing all this stuff saying, "Oh, you shouldn't get vaccinated," blah blah blah. But he's not saying uh, all this stuff. No, he's keeping his own opinion to himself. It's just the crazy vaccinators in some respects that are just saying. Oh, he's not getting vaccinated, he's going to kill people. Or he's hurting the league. The league's 97% vaccinated, right? I'm just saying, so... Is it real? I, I don't know. Is it really the vaccine that's hurting the relationship between two? I don't know if it's her relationship. I think it just stinks for James Harden. What's making the situation worse is the fact that you have injuries right now. Kyrie's only able to play on road games. They're losing our road games sometimes. And James Harden can't always be the one to do it. With Patty Mills, with Marcus Aldridge, and all those different guys. And Marcus Aldridge, if I remember correctly, wants to be traded. And Fondo guys want to be traded from the Nets. Plus, you're frustrated with living in Brooklyn? It's Brooklyn. It's like... It's Brooklyn. Like, what can you do in there? Like, I would be depressed. I would be frustrated if I had to live in Brooklyn. I'm happy I live in Arizona. So it's a heck of a lot better here than it is in New York. I can promise you that. Unless you're someone that likes the stuff down in Brooklyn. And that's just. I, I'm always. The reason why I'm hesitant when I'm about to. The reason why I'm just hesitant in my words about this piece is because what if? What ifs are always the greatest things in the world because you're like, what if Derrick Rose didn't tear his ACL? What if LeBron didn't choke all his time in the NBA Finals? What if Jordan didn't have Paxton and Curry to hit game-winning shots in the NBA Finals? Like, what ifs are fun? But this what if worries me. What if the big free dismantles? What if Kyrie doesn't come back to the Nets? What if he, what if he just starts playing for the Nets? What if James Harden leaves and goes down to Philly? And like Candace Parker said, 
would love to see Harden with Embiid because it could work. Because you got Daryl Morey down there, former GM of the Houston Rockets when Harden was with the Rockets. What if Kevin Durant's character judgment is totally off and now it's just you? And you could have won more championships with the Warriors. That's a tough thing to swallow. In my personal opinion, that would be a tough thing to swallow. And there has to be a fear in the back of his mind. In the back of anyone's mind, whether you're a fan, whether you're a coach, whether you're anybody, ownership. That's going to be very interesting. Because what if, what if Kevin Durant's just the last one standing? Could he go back to the Warriors? Would they accept him? Would he try to form another super team? Would he be done with super teams? Would he try to join another team and just say, hey, let's try to get this rolling again? Because that would be really disappointing. Because this was never a really good showing of the big three. Just like the Kawhi Leonard Paul George uh, pairing. Has not turned out good so well. Just hasn't. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Got to keep that in the back of your mind. And with that, guys, that concludes and that wraps up the recapping the news of the day series or segment. As we will be moving into one of our last segments, topic of the day, where we will be reviewing the NBA standings to who has fallen off risen above, or just stayed mediocre. Okay, guys, Um, let's take a look at the Eastern Conference real quick. Look, the Bulls, as much as I like Billy Donovan's team, as much as I want to see the Bulls succeed, as much as I want to see Zach Levine and all those guys succeed, the Bulls are in deep, deep trouble. The 29-17. That's great. But injuries have just been killing them. I get they got DeMar Rosen. He's great. I love him. Sam was Levine. Great. I love him. But no Patrick Williams. That was our side. His season's over. You have injuries to multiple players. Lonzo's going to be done. He's going to be out for extended period of time. Mikhail Vujovic can only do so much, right? Like, so many injuries have happened. And you're just saying to yourself, why in the world is this happening? Like, why in the world is this happening? Because it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. I think that's fair. Um, hold on, sorry if you guys hear uh, my mouse. I just want to get back to the standings where they were at. Because to me, the Bulls are going to fall off unless they can do something miraculous where they don't have to worry about injuries. But Alex Caruso and Alonzo Ball are out. Patrick Williams is out. Um, Kobe White's just been too inconsistent. Puts up 22 points, goes for 14 from the field next game. I guess it was a back-to-back, but still. It's had a rough stretch. Now what you're expecting. Javante Green. Derrick Jones Jr. He's going to be out. We were just talking about him. So your only best players right now 
taking into consideration of injuries, Zach Levine, who just came back off injury, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikhil Vujovic. Like, that's crazy. Guys, I just... I don't see the Bulls. The Bulls are going to start falling off. That's my fear. Because how much... How long can they keep up? To, to, uh, today, you get to face the Raptors at home. Then the Spurs away. Then the Blazers home. But it's going to start ramping up. Like the Suns. That's going to be a brutal game. The 76ers. That's going to be a brutal game. Same with the Hornets on some respects. Um, the Heat. The Bucks. The 76ers. Like all that stuff. Like guys. It's going to start getting more intense. And I'm not going to say they're going to go all bust like. Like the Wizards. No, I'm just saying, I, I don't know if they're going to be holding the reins in number two. Originally number one of the Eastern Conference. Because the Heat took that over. I don't know. Will you rank down risen above? Mediocre or falling off? They're three of seven in their last ten games. They have a win streak of one. But they still got a 630 a win percentage. To me, they're just playing mediocre. They're not falling off and they're not rising above. They're in the middle. They're playing mediocre. You just hate to see three and seven. You don't want to see that. Not for Billy Donovan's team, but you have to take injuries in consideration. The Nets. The Nets are holding on. They're five and five. They're 500 in the last 10. They're six and 17 win percentage on the season. The Rock in the conference at 29. So conference foes, the rocking. It just it gets tricky. They're 17 and 6 away because they now have Kyrie. But injuries are just brutalizing. They're one of the most demoralizing things that can happen to your team. Just it just is. Because Kevin Durant's out. He's still trying to face he's still facing battles injury-wise. Yesterday's game where the Lakers won by 10 against the Knicks at home did not have Kyrie because it's a home game. And due to the COVID restrictions, it can't. So Harden had a good triple-double, 33 points, 11 assists, and 12 rebounds, which is huge. But Marcus Aldridge didn't do much in 20 minutes. Pat Mills is okay. Kessler Edwards, really okay. Ben, uh, DeAndre Bembry, like he was part of backups. James Johnson, like guys, there's nothing there. Javon Carter played five minutes. Former Suns. Hey guys, there's no one good there. Bruce Brown Jr. Like come on, guys, there's nothing there. Like the Nets haven't really risen above anything. Nor have they fallen off. They've Probably risen above some challenges, but when you lose to Timberwolves while you have Kyrie, that's bad. You lose to the Lakers, like you're beat up roster. You lose to the Cavs. You lose to the Thunder. You lose to the Blazers. You lose to the Bucks. You lose to the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the 76ers. And might I say this? Might I say this? 
you had a streak, a losing streak, where you lost to 76ers, Clippers, and Grizzlies. Three games in a row, a losing streak. Before beating the Pacers, then losing to the Bucks, beating the Spurs, losing to the Blazers, beating the Bulls, then losing to the Thunder, then beating the Pelicans, then losing to the Cavs, beating the Wizards, then beating the Spurs, then losing to the Timberwolves, and losing to the Lakers. Guys, that's mediocre. Again, that's not a mediocre team. It's not me being disrespectful, but there's obvious teams in here that I'm picking out. Because I could go team by team. I can go through all 30 NBA teams. But guys, this is insane. This is legit bananas. The Brooklyn Nets are lucky to be holding in at number three. They just are. But they have a two-game losing streak. Their next game is against the Nuggets at home. Then against the Warriors away. Then against the Suns away. Then against the Kings away. Then against the Jazz away. Against the Nuggets way. So you have some time with Kevin. So you have one, two, three, four, five back to back, five games in a row of away games with Kyrie. But hey, good news, you're going to have that away game with the Warriors and Suns and the Jazz and the Nuggets. Like that's going to be huge. You just have to hold off from another home game loss. You just have to hold off. That's going to be today at 6 p.m. Can they make sure? Maybe. I just don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting what we see. Your schedule doesn't get easier, but they're just also mediocre. And this is just reviewing the NBA standings. This is just taking a look back. The Bucks, they've been there. They've done nothing exciting. They're just winning games and doing stuff, right? Giannis is doing his thing. Drew Holiday's doing his. Chris Melton. Like, nothing really exciting is happening with the Bucks. Can Is that fair in Milwaukee? Can we, can we say that? Because you beat the Kings by free. You beat... So, you have a free game winning streaker now. That's rising above. But then, you lose to the Hawks. You remember you had that two-game losing streak before you have the three-game winning streak, right? You beat the Warriors, which is huge, but you lose back-to-back. So here we go. I'm just going to do this. Starting January 1st, you beat the Pelicans, you lose to the Pistons. The Pistons, come on, you losers. Like, girl, you can't, you can't lose to the Pistons. You lose to the Raptors, you beat the Nets. Uh, Hornets beat you back-to-back from January 8th to January 10th. You beat the Warriors, lose to the Raptors again. I, 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 I'm not kidding. This is like your kryptonite. I'm just at home for both games. You lose to the Hawks, then you beat the Grizzlies, you beat the Bulls, and you beat the Kings. Today at 5 p.m., you are facing the Cavaliers away. Can you pull that off? I don't know. But going to the Cavaliers, who has risen above, risen above everything, it's 29-19, and they have faced multiple devastating injuries, such as the Ricky Rubio injury, 
Colin Sexton injury. The Evan Mobile injury where he was out for two weeks to have to face COVID protocols. So coming in and out. You're facing all these challenges. You're facing all these challenges. Don't worry, Mark, and just suffer injury. They're calling on Dean Wade while Lord Markin is sidelined. He had he suffered a nasty ankle injury. But they're still holding on with Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Kevin Love, Jared Allen, Lord Markin, Rajah Rondo, Dean Wade. They're, they're making impacts. Like, they're doing, they're saying, they're rocking it. They beat the Knicks two days ago. They beat the Thunder. They lost to the Bulls, though. But they beat the Cavaliers at home. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Spurs. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Kings. Okay, they lost to the Warriors, but that's kind of lopsided. Uh, you beat the Trailblazers, right? You're beating teams. You're beating good teams. So starting since January 2nd, the Cavaliers beat the Pacers. Grizzlies beat the Cavs. Cavs beat the Blazers. Warriors beat the Cavs. Cavs beat the Kings. King, uh, Cavaliers beat the Jazz. Cavaliers beat the Spurs. Cavaliers beat the Lakers. Thunder. Cavaliers beat the Nets. Bulls beat the Cavaliers. Cavaliers top the Thunder. And now, two days ago, we saw Cavaliers edge out to a two-point victory over the uh, Knicks. Over the New York Knicks. Now today at 5 p.m. They're going at home. Concluding the free game homestand. Against the Bucks. Before taking on the Pistons on Sunday at 4. They have risen above. With all the injuries and COVID related issues surrounding them. And having tough, tough schedules that they've been able to try to hash out. It is truly incredible. 76. They're eight and two in the last ten. They have a two-game win streak. That's incredible. Seventy Six are up there. They're playing. They're rising above. They're playing good. They're playing good. Raptors. They're five and five. They're getting there. For all the, for all the challenges they have to face, they're getting there. Celtics. They've been rising above with the play of Jalen Brown and Jace Tatum. Right. That's huge. The Wizards are falling off. Like they're dying off quicker than anything. They're 23 and 25, right? Washington is having their own problems. I feel bad, but they just have their own problems. The Knicks are falling off. Like these are just embarrassment teams. Wizards have a four game losing streak. Knicks have a one game losing streak. The Hawks are becoming considerably better. We have a four-game winning streak now. They're trying to get back into it. They're a game out of the playing tournament, right? Pacers, they're falling off. Uh, Pistons, they were deemed to fall off. Sad for Kay Cunningham and Jeremy Grant, all those guys. Deke Bay, etc. Uh, Magic, you're pathetic. You've fallen off since the beginning of the season at 9-39. And then when you go over to the Western Conference... You see the Suns having the best record than any other team at 37-9, beating out every single team by far. Everyone else are losers, Suns are kings, winners, whatever you want to call them, as they are just pure excellence. 
Warriors, they're 34 and 13. So the two teams rising are the Suns and the Warriors. Grizzlies are also there at 7 and 3 in the last 10. They're 32 and 17, so also a team rising. The Jazz, they're 2 and 8. They're mediocre right now. They're not falling off, just facing injuries. So I'll give them mediocre. They're, they're in the middle. So what I mean mediocre, they're in the middle or slowly dying off. It just depends how it all is. Mavericks, they're 8 and 2. Um, even though you just lost. <laughs> right, so I guess 7 and 3. Um, Nuggets, 7 and 3. They're doing good too. Timberwolves, they're doing much better than the Lakers. Well, no, they're really tied for 7th and 8th, right? The Lakers, they're mediocre. They're in between. They could be good. They could be bad. They're just too inconsistent. Uh, Clippers, they're holding on. They're in the middle of the road. But they're making strong improvements to be a good team, to be a decently great team. Trailblazers, two-game win streak, 6-4 and four in the last 10. No Damian Lillard, much tougher. Injuries are rattling them. CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, all those guys are trying their best. So they're doing okay. Pelicans, they're 5-5. Five five. They're still trying to make the most out of their 18-29 and 29 season. Uh, they're not falling off. Teams that are falling off will be the Rockets, Thunder, Kings, and Spurs. That's without fail. The Pelicans are interesting. They're in the middle. It can all be decided within the next few games, right? That That's without question. Uh, it's just interesting. Because when you're looking at it now, you just know that teams could be set for failure or it could be set for destiny. Just in these next few games. Like, take the Pelicans. And this is about Zion Williamson. And even though they lost to the 76ers by 10 yesterday, which who wouldn't? You still beat the Pacers. You still beat the Knicks. You lost to Celtics. You lost to the Nets. You beat the Clippers. You beat the Timberwolves. You beat the Warriors without Stephen Curry. So that's a job well done. So you're beating quality teams. Still being, you're beating quality teams. Not going to win all of them. Especially with the team they have. And I feel bad for Willie Green. But that's great improvement that they're still doing decently, moderately good. Without some of their top players. And without that efficiency and consistency, right? But I just want I want you guys I there's two takeaways I want you guys to take away from this. And anytime I've said the Suns are the best team. But they're the only team in the NBA currently that are nine and one in the last ten games. Not the Warriors, they're five and five. Not the Mavericks, they're seven and three. And not the Nuggets, they're seven and three. Not the Timberwolves, they're seven and three. Not the Lakers by far five and five, those chokers. Um not even in the Western Eastern Conference because the Bulls are three and seven. The Heat are seven and three. The Cavaliers are eight and two. Like that's impressive, man. I'm going to get to them in a second. 
I know it's seven and not one the nine and one. No one is close. The Suns have a free game edge, a seven game edge on every single NBA team. To be the first to get to forty wins. That's just taking averages right now. I was like taking some of the best teams. And that's from both conferences. The Warriors are six games. Suns are free. Heat are 10. Suns are free. Bulls are 11. Suns are free. Jazz are 10. Suns are free. Grizzlies are 8. Suns are free games away from 40. They have the best winning percentage in the league. The only team that comes close to that is the is the Warriors at 72. The team to come after that would be the Grizzlies at 65. The team to come after that would be the Heat at 63. Right, you get where I'm coming from. The worst team is the Rockets in the West Conference at 92. For the Magic, it's 18. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough for people not to realize. Like, the national coverage on the Suns is so pathetic. I had to hear the, the, peop, the two stupid idiots on the Christmas game talk about anything but the Phoenix Suns' success. Even though the Suns lost that Christmas Day game against the Warriors, still recognize the success. They only have nine losses. They have as many losses as the Magic do, does wins. The Warriors start out hot. The Suns have been hotter. Like, recognize that. They have been on a seven-game win streak. The Suns are also free games win having another double-digit uh, winning streak. That will be their second this season. And we're just ruffling to the second half. We're six games into the second half if you're going if you're looking at Phoenix Suns, right? So think about that. That is considerably remarkable. I without fail. Without fail. Now guys, the last thing I want to point out is the pathetic Lakers. And then the thriving Cavs. Think about this. So the Cavs, they're 29-19. 8-2 in the last 10. Two-game winning streak. The Lakers are 24-24. A 500 record. 5-5 five five in their last 10 games. They'll have a one-game win streak. The Lakers have mismanagement. The Cavaliers don't. You could clearly tell a team that has suffered more is thriving more because they're able to make good management decisions, good adjustments, and their players are actually being able to play. Take no, take no, Westbrook. Wow, you have the Lakers who can manage, who was going to fire their head coach. They bench Russell Westbrook. Everybody's out. LeBron James is making empty promises that he can't cash in. And when you think that the Lake Show is on the rise and that they're getting back to their winning ways. They crash back down because they can't do anything. And now look at this. Now look at the two teams. The Cavaliers 
through defeat, through trials, has risen above expectations and has conquered their opponents. And it's not like you're conquering the Magic, the Pistons, or the Pacers, or the Rockets, the Thunder, or the Kings, or the Spurs. No, they're defeating good teams. They're defeating good teams. It's just that simple. The Lakers can't do that. The Lakers are at 8th. That's a playing tournament. The Cavaliers are at 5th. That's called a playoff spot. Recognize the difference. And that is considerably inspiring if you think about how much a team can thrive because they have good management. J.B. Bickerstaff deserves that extension, which he got. Not uh, like a month or two ago. Frank Vogel, he's just a public figure. Well, LeBron's just coaching the team. It's kind of sad if you think about where the Lakers at. They're just going back to the 2008 Lakers. I believe that was the game. Like deja vu all over again. They try to build a super team, it doesn't work. Now you got the Suns looking like the NBA Finals favorites, looking like the champion favorites. Throw over the box. Just saying, guys. It's interesting to think about because just look at all the teams who have fallen off, risen above, or just stay mediocre. The Suns have done it. The Grizzlies have done it. The Warriors are doing it. The Mavericks are holding it. The Jazz are doing it. The Timberwolves are putting around their season, turning around their season. The Heat are doing it. The Bulls are trying to stay in. The Nets are trying to stay in. The Bucks are trying to stay in. The Cavaliers are thriving, man. Just are. They're one and a half games out of the first. That tells you a lot. They're better than the 76ers right now, statistically. They're about to become better than the Bucks. It just all depends where, who wins today's game. If you think about it, the Bucks play... The Cavaliers, if I remember that correctly, today at 5. Yeah, today at 5, at Cleveland. That's going to be something. It's just incredible when you look at it. A hurt, uh, injury plug team is at 5th. A team that has not faced many injuries is at 8th. One's just mismanaged, one's managed properly. One can't function well because everyone has an ego and they're at 8th. One team is able to rise above the egos and have a common goal for the team. One has good players. The other has players that are inconsistent and only has LeBron to carry them. Truly. True deal. True stuff without fail. And guys, to wrap up the podcast episode for today... We have the game of the day, watch out edition, and it's going to be the rematch game, Suns, Jazz, tonight, catch it at 8 p.m. Arizona time. You will not be disappointed because this is going to be one heck of a, of a game. Again, 8 p.m. today at Utah. This is going to be interesting, to say the least. Donovan Mitchell has already been ruled out for today's game against the Suns. So that hurts. That was reported yesterday. It's mentioned now. 
So, guys, without further ado, I'm always going to be taking Suns. I'm never going to be ruling them out. Um, I'll be back here Thursday. We're going to get back to our normal schedule. And for, for anyone that's new to the podcast or just needs a quick refresher on the podcasting schedule, podcast episodes will be dropping every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 8 a.m. So, guys, at 8 a.m., You'll even begin weekend coverage because we all know how horrific the weekend guys are. I know you guys love listening to my voice. My beautiful, beautiful voice. Huh. But yeah, guys, I will see you again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Um, drop us a five-star review. Like, share. Send us to your friends, your family, uh, co-workers, colleagues. Um, if you are in a hotel, blast us out. Uh, dorm room, wherever. Just share us. We love to. We love to hear your feedback. Again, text us at the courts. He text nine six zero two seven nine one two one zero eight on anything we talked about. And now, without further ado, let's have the outro music. Take us out now. Oh, remember to follow us on TikTok.